This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me. Very excited to talk to my next guest, who is the executive director of development at the Heartland Institute. But prior to the Heartland, he led a development department of the Young Americans for Liberty, Project Veritas. He has served as a fundraising consultant to more than 30 public policy non-for-profit organizations and members of Congress. He's got a new article in American Thinker, ESG and Corporate Totalitarianism. His name is David Hoyt. David, thank you for joining me. How are you? Thank you, Sean. I'm great. You know, what a wonderful scam. If you could create something that can be manipulated and forever use as a weapon of taxation and revenue and penalty to control the growth of normal companies, this would be an amazing scam. Is there a possible way to come up with it? Yeah, it looks like it's already been invented. And the amazing thing about it is they're using the cover of it being done by for-profit entities so that people like you and me who believe in free markets hesitate to criticize it for what it is, but it's exactly what you just said. And the reality is, regardless of what boards of multinational corporations want, the profit motive and bringing value to consumers, this will forever change the way so many things are brought to people that before you know it, you're going to get used to it and you'll be listening to politicians who tell you not to enjoy freedom. How do we push this back, and has there been any thought to it? Well, that's a great question. Yes, at uh, Heartland, we've um, been working on this issue for some time, and a number of other organizations like us who are in the think tank world have also started to tackle it. So we're looking mostly at legislative solutions, bills that either prevent state treasuries from investing in funds that are pro-ESG, and then there's even more radical bills that prevent ESGs from being used to discriminate against people in the state by any means whatsoever. I am livid at the way in which capitalism has been bastardized by Republicans and Democrats. Clearly, uh, when an autopsy of the destruction of American prosperity is done, George W. Bush's name will be at the Chapter 1. However, Barack Obama, along with Joe Biden, have really implemented this system of the people giving unfettered dollars of the country to organizations that, to bolster up an economy. So when you look at BlackRock and you realize they've got 14, 13, 11 trillion dollars of the Federal Reserve money, they're forever steering that money to bolster up companies they like and go after companies they don't. How do you claw that back? Because under a capitalist system, none of that would exist. Exactly. No, that's a big part of the problem is there's a revolving door between 
those left-wing administrations and then the entities that they're supposed to be regulating. And so you have the wolf guarding the hen house. And if we don't do something to stop 100% regulatory capture, then there's almost going to be no stopping it, or it's going to be a lot harder fight. And like you stated, BlackRock is already in cahoots with the Fed. That is the money printer. And if they're in cahoots with the money printer itself, they have almost practically unlimited access to capital. And Biden proved that when he just started printing dollars out of thin air on mass. I walked around with an arrogance because I never thought this could happen in a country like America. I really, and I'm dead serious about that. The idea that we've allowed government to fund hedge funds, to pick and choose winners in investing. How do you, I mean, and they're all invested in companies that are part of the Chinese Communist Party. Will they go after companies that want to get started and produce in America? How can we possibly combat this when 90% of the public has no interest in that, that last discussion we just had? They have no interest in that fact that we are forever sold out and invested in a communist party that pretends to be a country. Well, you're exactly right. I think under the Trump administration, you started to see a little bit of the turning of that tide on trade policy. But that's the problem is people like us who believe in free markets and free trade, they use the people who want that centralization of power under ultimately government authority have used those arguments against us to create a situation just like you described where we're effectively sending capital to China to undermine domestic producers of things that we need. This is something that was exposed. Um, there was a book a few years ago called Confessions of an Economic Hitman. This is something that our government has been doing to third world and second world countries, forever destroying the, the currency and the possibility of prosperity in those countries. How can I interpret this ESG movement as anything other than what the CIA has been doing to South American countries? and Eastern European countries, which is misusing regulation, forever casting in debt and damning the ability for an honest business, an honest company, or honest people to thrive. Yeah, there's no doubt. There, It's the exact same playbook that you just described that they've been using in third world countries to try to get them to do various things that they want. And now that there's a name to it, this ESG system that's being implemented, very rapidly across the entire global economy, but particularly in America with these leading hedge fund companies, uh, there's very little uh, that could be done to turn it back if it's allowed to completely metastasize. And I'd add to that the George Soros uh, revolution playbook that has been used throughout the last couple of decades on to create social chaos. And then you see how he's funding district attorney races over here so that the rule of law means less and less and our sense of physical security is less and less. And then you add on top of that all of the monetary inflation and now with the slowing economy stagflation, you begin to see a playbook for a type of revolution. We dodged a bullet under the Obama administration with the idea that we did fight back cap and trade. I think people lose sight of that. The, the, when cap and trade, even though it was not explained but propagandized, once the people realized there was this entity, this creation of profiteering, by corporations selling the right to pollute, they rejected it. These scoundrels didn't really go away. They just went and hid for a few years, hoping people forgot it. This ESG is merely cap-and-trade under a different, more controlling fraud on the system. Are there enough Democrats left that reject the idea 
of selling the license to operate and pollute to hold it back again? Or is it the inevitable fraud where the profiteers of, of totalitarianism will swoop in and destroy the quality of life? Well, one can hope. I mean, if it wasn't for Joe Manchin and maybe to some extent Kristen Cinema, I think we would have a much harder time than what we have right now. But when you start looking at the polling for what's going to happen in the upcoming elections, it is critically important that people realize how tight it's becoming. And if we allow absolute one-party control in this country, it's just going to cascade downhill and you wind up with something akin to what they have in China. Their social credit system is not unlike the ESG score. You know, there's that old expression, those who can do, those who can't teach. It's funny when I think back to my own education, and you realize that I didn't learn what I know about the economy in school. I learned it because I wanted to make money, because I had to learn it. I wanted to go into the money business. The education system when I went to school, comparative to now, is leaps and bounds ahead of what these kids are seeing as they are taught by Marxists and frauds and children who are regurgitating ideologies that have destroyed societies since they were written to paper in uh, the Communist Manifesto. Are there enough people that are aware of exactly how detrimental this ESG and this new eco-Nazism is to society, or are we damned by our own free education system and the idea that these kids are somehow smart well, you're 100% right. The threat is very real, and their wagons are being circled. But there are a couple of rays of hope that give me some sense of optimism. One in the education system is, especially during the COVID lockdown, we saw a rash across the state of school choice bills getting passed, even in states that historically never had one, like Kentucky and West Virginia. And now in Arizona, they just passed a universal school choice education savings account program. So hopefully that, to me, means parents are waking up to the fact that the government school system has become little more than indoctrination centers. Now, that's a multi-year project, but it's something that hopefully could turn things around. And then other than that, Heartland does a lot of polling on the environment issue. One of the things that we found is if you ask people, do you want the government to help protect the environment, everybody inevitably says yes, because that's a fairly anodyne question. But if you ask somebody, okay, are you willing to spend something like $10 more per month on your electricity bill, in order to make that happen, all of a sudden the responses just tank to well below 50%. So I think at a gut level, people still do seem to get it. I hope so, David. But when you look at California, the most beautiful state, not only in the country, but around the world, as far as I see it, the most um, natural resource blessed state, and you see that they've committed suicide in their energy mm -hmm. sector. You see that they've committed suicide in their water supply, even with their forestry. And those are supposed to be people who are smart and informed, and they're doubling down on stupid, and now they're displaying their willful servitude to a corrupt government as they listen to the government that tells them to raise their air conditioning to 81 degrees after 4 p.m. That's the part that, you know, quite honestly, scares me about the future. Yes, it's a crime what they've done to California. I love I used to love visiting the state of California. Now I'm not so sure. But you're right. It's a gorgeous place, and they have tremendous resources and human capital and natural resources. And yet now the far left, to show you how much gall they have, are clearly grooming Gavin Newsom, probably the most failed governor since I, I can remember. Hmm. You're president. It's insane. 
He's going to run in 2024. There's no question about it. I'm just hoping there's a pushback from his own party, which is the ones he devastates. You know, it's like Chicago, Illinois, New York. Uh, pick a Democrat hellhole. They're all run by people who pretend that they're picking one favorite class over another, whether it be race or income level. Time in and time out. Those are the people who suffer the most. It's always hardest for the people that the government says they're helping. That's who's always going to suffer, whether it's income or race. I, I, I'm hoping the failure is obvious enough that there's a pushback. When you see such acceptance of these political, I call them political whores because there's no other word for them, that you can buy and sell like juicy fruit. And this is the other part of your background I want to go into. I disagree with the bulk of the Republican Party who think that the answer is, to put more and more and more money into this process of corruption, this duopoly of politics. Can we get restraints, the only place they're supposed to be in this country, on government, when you have this acceptance of runaway corruption? Right. I mean, that's the thing is, I remember when they were debating McCain-Feingold and other campaign finance reforms, a lot of Republicans have made the, and people on the right in general, made the argument that, well, we don't want to interfere with this more or less free marketplace. But then the end result winds up being exactly the type of corruption you just described. So I feel like it makes sense. Regulating businesses and commerce, generally not a good idea. Regulating government, 100%. And it's the only place where there is no regulation, where corruption is open and notorious. Pay-to-play, which is perfected in Chicago, is now the mainstream. And I remember thinking, I didn't like John McCain. I like that bill, and I was the only one. I lis listened to how people in the Republican Party were propagandized to, to insist on their own demise by allowing corporations and, and industries to bribe politicians. And it does explain why we were in this place now where whether it's Big Pharma, the military-industrial complex, Big Energy, whatever it is, the one who bribes the most politicians does the best. There is no recession on K Street, only on Main Street. we got to put this genie back in the bottle, don't we? No, absolutely. And, you know, how to do that regulation is a tricky business because it's just like, you know, water rolls downhill, money rolls, rolls towards D.C. So finding the right way to do it where it doesn't just wind up in some type of shadowy organization, or if that's what you prefer, then that's another outcome. But you need to understand how those regulations are going to play out in the real world. But there's no doubt that something has to be done, no matter what regulations get passed. It's amazing to me how the George Soroses of the world always find a way to have undue influence. Yeah, I hate the idea that we go down to these walking punchlines. And, you know, that's all you can do. We, 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 I, my first interview today was of a comedian. And when you think about the flaws and the ridiculousness of these people that become demagogues, you have to figure out that the only reason this country ever thrived wasn't because government was in control but because government was anemic and government was under control over the last 40 years i can't think of an instance where government has been put in its place and told no that's the problem i have yeah that's 100 percent right i mean you look at what happened under reagan there was a lot of good deregulation, and then you look at overall government spending and you see it was really just a brief respite from an overall drive towards total government domination. And, you know, they'll allow enough free market people to scrape some dollars together so that it doesn't 
completely kill the golden goose, but at the end of the day, the march towards centralization of power seems to be almost interrupted, uninterrupted. And doesn't it seem insane that this this country allowed something like invent, environmental, social, and governance to even be put out there? I mean, have you ever come across somebody that can explain it? Oh, of course not. And that's the thing. These, Especially those issues in particular are almost impossible to define in any realistic way. <laughs> any change in climate is within the margin of error. We've proven this. A hundred other people have proven this. But it doesn't matter because if you have anything that goes against the orthodoxy of scientism on the climate issue, you're not going to get it published in any peer-reviewed academic journal. We've seen it happen a hundred times. So that's the perfect excuse for the left to always need more government control because you can't prove it or disprove it. So it's the constant boogeyman. And then social social issues are even more ridiculous. Trying to measure social justice and putting a score to it is the most absurd thing in the world. No one can define social justice. It's inherently subjective. But they all seem to make a lot of money. And I can't help but notice these founders of these organizations that pop up all seem to go into real estate speculation and other luxuries. And uh, the government that has been predicting the sky is falling since Jimmy Carter said we were going to run out of oil in 35 years, never has to admit it's wrong. What the hell is going on, David? Right. No, there's no accountability whatsoever. And the people who are pushing this are the ones who are the most tightly tied to the system. They're the ones who wind up getting regulatory capture. And what's going to wind up happening is they have all the access to effectively all the private capital. And if you want to start a small business or even a medium-sized business, good luck if you don't play ball. David Hoyt, keep writing articles like this. Keep exposing the truth. Maybe, maybe, maybe we can push back what looks to be the trajectory of servitude. I appreciate everything you do at Heartland. Please keep it up. David Hoyt.